He's dead, Kyle. That happened a while ago. I'm sorry that I had to be the bearer of bad news. Darby cast Economics Wednesday. And boy, are we starting this one on a different note than I had anticipated. Kyle didn't know that DMX had passed away. One of your favorite artists, wasn't it? Surprised that didn't really come to your attention, Kyle. I could have sworn that that story made the cover of Hip Hop Quarterly, which I thought you subscribed to. But it's a bummer. X gon' give it to you, Kyle. Right? And in the spirit of giving, let's pivot and talk about Thanksgiving. Boom, gotcha. One of my favorite holidays, fast approaching. But there's some whodunitry afoot. You know it and I know it. People are starting to talk about it. Will there be a turkey shortage? Supply chain issues could be affecting turkey. And that's just not okay at all. If there isn't enough turkey to go around, there will be violence. That's not a threat. That's just the reality of the situation. That's going to be the straw that breaks some camel's back. There's some guy out there who's been able to deal with everything thrown his way by American culture, politics, economics, you name it. He's rolled with it. But as soon as Turkey is off the table in a very literal way, it goes pretty wrong. I don't want to be around for that. You don't mess with turkeys. Some of you heard that and you're thinking to yourselves, All I do is mess with turkeys. If you only knew my colleagues. And I like that. It's a nice turn of a phrase. You're surrounded by turkeys and you don't even work at an industrial turkey farm or a quaint turkey farm. Super high ethics, quaint turkey farm. On the outskirts of Freedom Town. Don't even get me started. Okay? That sounds great. Big turkeys always trying to mess with your operation, but they can't do anything because you're just such a great person. Can you envision what that looks and feels like? Bunch of assassins dispatched to your little turkey farm by the Butterball Company, which is probably a subsidiary of like Tyson Chicken at this point. Kyle, can you check if Butterball's independently owned? Focus, dude. I can see in your eyes that you're still hung up on this DMX thing. And if you gotta cry, do everybody a favor and do it after the show. Have a little professionalism, Kyle. Come on. What is a turkey farm called if you're really in the know? Is it a hatchery? Is it a rookery? Is it a turkey stable? I'm not even embarrassed to not know this. That's niche, industry-specific knowledge. And they'll be having turkey this year. Can you imagine having a turkey from your own rookery? Chickens live in coops, right? Kyle, turkeys don't live in coops. 
They're free to roam. Majestic birds, very tasty. Yeah, butterball assassins would have nothing on you. You'd think that they would stop sending their minions after you kept sending them back express mail in body bags. Think they'd learn their lesson. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Although, that's pretty cool imagery. I will say that. And before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, or the turkey and potatoes, if you will, we got to take care of something that I haven't mentioned in a couple episodes. If you're new, if this is your first episode, you might want to go ahead and scram, split, leave. The Darby cast is almost too excellent. It's consistent feedback that we get from a lot of the listeners. And you got to have some self-awareness. If you're not one to associate with excellence and good times, if you're a complete dope and probably a coward as well, we don't want you here. Not one bit. But if you are a hero with a thirst for righteousness, truth, and some well-executed storytelling frivolity. This might be for you. Oh, it very well could be. But let's talk about the supply chain. Let's talk about turkeys. And let's talk about Pete Buttigieg, okay? We're 115 episodes in, and I have not mentioned that name once. But Chancellor Buttigieg, our country's Secretary of Transportation, tanked in the presidential primaries and Biden took him aside and said, ice skating, meat tenderizer, Obama, revolving door, true international pressure. Come on, man. Judge had no choice but to accept, right? Come on, if you're in his shoes, you do the same thing. But he's punching above his weight class. I don't think he's an expert on transportation. And what does that job even entail? Does he just go around to cities, look at bus drivers, give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Okay, you're doing a great job. Hey, tighten it up. Secretary of Transportation? Hang out in a New York subway and be like, I saw you hop the turnstile. That's not okay. I guess somebody's got to do that, right? But Buddha Judge. He took a stab at explaining the supply chain breakdown and why there are going to be shortages of things, turkeys and other stuff. He said the supply chain is wrecked until everybody gets vaccinated and then supply chain is going to be okay. What a call, right? Like what a power call. And nobody really scrutinized that statement at all in the press, did they? It's kind of par for the course. You ask a Democrat something, then they say something absurd. You just clap. That's your job as a journalist now. Clap when the left talks, boo when the right talks. Good job. That's journalism for you. I think they're teaching that at universities now. But nobody asked 
Good old Pete Buttigieg. Is that really why the supply chain is uh, struggling right now? It's because people have held out from the persistent coercion that government and corporations continue to ram down everyone's throat about this vaccine. Boy, more and more stuff keeps coming out. And if you're a holdout, you're probably feeling pretty good about not going for the but maybe a lot of people that you know took the and they're gonna and that's not a good time. However, it really shifted the goalposts. And I'm just trying to figure out where we're at in all of the disclosures and claims of what's really going on with the foreign substance that people are sometimes gleefully injecting into themselves with the help of somebody who's never done it before. Wasn't that going down? They just had randoms injecting the vaccine into people. Look out into a crowd and be like, you, come here. Let's get this done. Start jabbing people in the arm. Then you press the plunger. They're good. And then maybe somebody who was chosen like that's like, I don't know if I'm qualified to do this. And then the person who told them that they had to do it was like, are you fucking science denier? You an anti-vaxxer? You stupid son of a bitch? And then they caved out of the social pressure and they just started stabbing people and going for it. What a show. But efficacy of the vax, when it first came out, wasn't it like 99%? They put a hell of a claim out there from the get-go. And boy, has it been revised since. 99% effective. Oh, wait, it's more like 60. Oh, wait, you can still get COVID and spread it. Oh, wait, uh, now the vaccinated are getting very ill and are starting to account for more deaths than the unvaccinated. Oops. Talk about a bit of an oopsie-doopsie, right? So they're still beating that drum. After we've discovered that people who got it can still contract COVID, spread it, and potentially taking it will implode their immune system entirely, making them susceptible to just about anything. Common cold is going to flatten these people, potentially. What a vaccine, right? Kyle, the other day, you remember what you told me? You said they changed the definition of vaccine on a couple websites and that what's being injected into people is more on par with some kind of gene therapy. In terms of my technical knowledge, I can't really validate that. But here's what I will say. I don't think you're wrong at all, Kyle. So that's what the former mayor of South Bend is insisting needs to happen to correct any logistical hiccups in our national supply chain. Get a little blast of the science juice to the arm. That's what they're calling it, right? Old lefty hipsters. Just got my double jab of science juice. Mmm. Rough folks, right? But they're saying, get this. Once we have everybody 
taking the thing that at best it doesn't work at all and at worst it's going to render your immune system entirely useless forever until you're dead probably sooner than you would have been had you not taken it. Once more of that's done, shipping lines, trucking, it's all going to be fine. Hell of a claim. It is. And what an interesting continuation of the blame game. The rich fat cats and power players of the world attempt to absolve themselves of all responsibility for things going terribly. The great resignation is what they're calling it. People have had enough. They're leaving their jobs. Many people don't want to be forced to take medicine they don't need. It's shocking, but some people feel that way. So you've got people walking off the job that way. Total power play, too. I don't mind that. In fact, I admire it. That might be a bit of a reason why supply chain's not doing so well. People are like, no, I don't want to take it. I've heard some bad stuff. Even before I heard the bad stuff, I was skeptical of it by virtue of nothing other than the sales tactics. But now that some stuff is starting to happen, I'm extra not okay with it. Thank you very much. I'm leaving. That's what people are doing. What are other reasons people aren't entering the workforce, re-entering the workforce, or just that fired up to show up to work and do a good job? Maybe because the purchasing power of the dollar has gone down by about 30% in the past 18 months. Who knew that printing and distributing $9 trillion in a very short time period would have that effect? My goodness, came out of nowhere. Many employers are offering 2019-style wages to their employees. The problem with that is, is you need, as an employer, to pay 30% more just for that worker's salary to have the same value it did two years ago, 18 months ago. Dirty trick. But if employers have to jack up their compensation to not go out of business, they're going to have to raise their prices. This is economics in a huge way. But the businesses that jack up their prices will lose customers quickly and then potentially go out of business. You can see how fucky this situation is. What's another reason for having an unenthused labor force that's affecting the supply chain? How about the vaccine evangelists? That one guy or that one gal in the office who day one got as many shots as possible. Said, oh yeah, I got the Pfizer, the Moderna, the J&J. And the AstraZeneca, all at once. That's what I believe. Like, all right, Constantine. Thanks for letting me know. But Constantine couldn't stop there, could he? He had to start painting nude watercolor pictures of Fauci and trying to sell them in the parking lot of your business. He showed up one day with a bunch of visors said, I believe in science, on him. He's told everybody more than a few times 
mask over the nose. Okay, pull it up. We're not out of this thing yet. Curve is still not flattened. Most businesses have one. One of those. Compliance Constantine. You better believe he has an altar in his house to Fauci. Fauci scented candles? What does it smell like? Corruption. Greed. Lies. Signature Fauci smell. It's a tough person to have as a colleague. What else is wrecking the supply chain besides a diminished labor force? Arbitrary environmental regulations, especially in California. What a show. Have you heard this? They don't talk about this very much. Pete Buttigieg has never said anything about this. As far as I know, California has a regulation that if a big rig was manufactured before 2010, it is too much of a threat to the climate to be operated. Therefore, anywhere between 30 and 50% of the trucks that would typically pick up cargo containers from the ports and bring them elsewhere are effectively out of commission. Thankfully, though, it's moves like that that are saving the planet. That's it. Good job, people making regulations and laws. Good job. There are multiple avenues we could go down to fixing all of the kinks in the hose that is the supply chain. One would be to lift vaccine mandates. Two would be to start paying people better. Three would be to strike some regulations off the books. And four would be to take your equivalent of a Constantine and rough them up a bit. You do those things, things pretty much get back to functioning. However, the Darby cast is not about those things because we're thinking bigger picture than that. Because we're not trying to go back to the way things were. We're trying to step things up. That's what you get when you come to the Darby cast and you listen to it and you say, wow, these guys are on the cutting edge. I'm including you in that, Kyle. These guys. Good job. I laid out a game plan for optimizing just about everything in the world in episode three of the Darby cast. What's that episode called? Chuck E. Cheese and Elon Musk. There were some boundary-pushing technological advancements discussed in that episode. And I think it's time for us to revisit those things and then apply them to global shipping and other issues. Truth be told, if Elon Musk had implemented the game plan laid forth so long ago, we wouldn't be in this mess at all. Supply chain would be too efficient to ever take down. Let's quickly review what that process would look like and will look like when Elon comes to his senses and says, it's time to pursue the future. Elon Musk 
will be investing heavily in San Pedro High School. San Pedro is a special place. And some of you might be thinking, isn't it San Pedro? And no, it's Pedro. Pedro's an exceptional city. And why is that? It's brimming with Italian-Americans. Now, why is that important? A whole lot of different reasons. But let me tell you a thing or two about Italian-Americans. That many of you already know, and some of you may have forgotten. I don't know how, but it happens. Huge on family values. Big on marinara. Swift justice. And last but not least, Italian-Americans. They operate using the currency of respect. And that's no joke. Let me tell you about the Italian-Americans living in Pedro. For the most part, they are intergenerational longshoremen. And they do a great job. Work hard, play hard. Give respect, and then get respect. In that order. That's what they all do when they're coming up in the world. So Elon Musk is investing in Pedro High. Why? Because essentially, it's a canvas made out of high-character individuals, and he just needs to bring a little paint to the party. So some people are saying, why invest in Pedro? Well, educated people are saying, why not? And another major piece of this is, I've already mentioned in episode three, is that this is how Elon is going to Build a meaningful legacy. Forget Tesla, SpaceX, PayPal, and any other business that you've ever done. Elon, invest in San Pedro High. Then all of a sudden, the San Pedro Pirates are the San Pedro Elon Musks. And you begin earning the respect of that entire community. Start accumulating wealth that would really freak out the people running Forbes magazine. If you were flush with the respect of quite a few Italian Americans. But with that money, there are a lot of positive consequences that happen to Pedro, right? The Italian American youth of San Pedro all of a sudden has the resources to broaden their skill set, which, if we're being honest, was already rock solid. Every kid in Pedro knows how to shatter someone's kneecaps if they get out of line. Kneecaps erased with a Louisville slugger. And they have other skills, but that's the top one. Every kid is equipped with that. But all of a sudden, Elon's pouring more capital into Pedro than anybody really anticipated. And as a consequence of that, a lot of the kids are selected to receive neural augmentation implants. And one of those kids is going to be named Vinny. And we've talked about Vinny and his contributions to the world. Let me refresh your memory as it relates to Vinny. He was going to be the chief data scientist, and he still can be, in developing a super AI and implanting it inside an animatronic Chuck E. Cheese robot. Taking a Chuck E. Cheese robot off the stage 
at one of their many locations and saying, I'm going to give you a boost to your processing power so much that the world of music is never going to be the same again. That's what Vinny does. He transforms a tired and ethically questionable robot into a musical savant and a cultural hero, right? But this is where things change. We turn Vinny's attention towards the docks. We say, hey, we've got some supply chain issues. What do you want to do about it? And you better believe that Vinny is going to make the proposal that the dock needs to be fully operated by Chuck E. Cheese AI robots that have skills programmed into them, making them pretty darn good at being longshoremen. It's a bit obvious, but some great ideas are hidden in plain sight. Who's going to fund this? Elon Musk. And a lot of you, bright individuals, he said, whoa, whoa, the port's being run by these automatons. What of the Italian-Americans working there? I'm glad you asked, because they're going to be taken care of by Elon Musk. He's going to pay them. Elon's going to say to him, you've got two options. Both of those options involve millions of dollars. But only one of those options involves millions of dollars and a flamethrower and being charged with the duty of being bodyguards for the Chuck E. Cheese longshoremen AI robots. Which option do you think the Italian-Americans choose? It's a no-brainer, right? They're wealthy. They don't have to work. They get to work. What a thrill that would be. Show up every day, put on a flame-retardant jumpsuit, drive around the port in a Ferrari or a Tesla provided by Elon. And even if you go with the Ferrari, Elon's not going to judge you. It's pretty cool. But that port's going to be really cooking, right? Vinny wouldn't be able to stop there, though. No chance. And Elon's drunk on respect coming at him from all directions. So he's in as well. Says, Vinny, you can do no wrong. Please continue innovating. And Vinny just says, bada-bing. And then an Italian guy pops out of nowhere and says, bada-boom. That's the way Pedro functions. If you want to boil it down, that's it. Right there, bada-bing, bada-boom. Vinny would then set his sights on the trucking aspect of the supply chain and start developing AI trucker Chucky Cheese. And of course, a lot of geniuses listening to this right now said, it's going to put a lot of truckers out of work. We can't have that. Trust me, I've already thought of this. What will AI never be able to learn on its own through machine learning? That's right. The importance of faith in our Lord and Savior, JC, and the importance of family. Now I'm going to step out on a limb here and say the trucking community is full of people with subject matter expertise. 
in both of those things, faith and family. So we're going to pay him to sit shotgun as Chucky drives, tell him a thing or two, elevate Chucky Cheese in a huge way. Why wouldn't we do that? And here's where things get a little bit dicey because the establishment is going to see what's going down in Pedro. They're going to try to shut it all the way down, either by policy or by force or both. And that's when Vinny steps up yet again and develops extreme hacker AI Chuck E. Cheese to thwart any cyber attacks coming in towards Pedro and its inhabitants and also to hack into a couple of mainframes, do some damage to some firewalls, change some wording on some legislation and help correct the wrongs of a corrupt empire. An AI hacker, Chuck E. Cheese, is ruthlessly efficient. He's going to get all that done quite quickly. And then he's just in chill mode, monitoring cyber threats. A lot of you are probably saying right now, wow, that's a really cool thing that Vinny did. But what about the brute force? You mentioned that some rich fat cats would want to maybe do damage. And this is where Vinny reveals the most impressive AI Chuck E. Cheese of all that he's fashioned, drawing inspiration exclusively from the Jason Bourne movie series. Then he only made one of these because he only needs to make one. And I don't know how you combine those names, which sounds better. Jason Cheese or Chucky Bourne. For some reason, Jason Cheese really does it for all of us. I know you heard that and you're like, yeah, that's it right there. Nobody would mess with anything, anywhere in the world. If you knew that one ethical slip up would attract the fury of a thousand imploding suns, which is what? The targeted lethality of Jason Cheese? Oh, he's pissed. It's how he operates, though. That's how he's programmed. Now, the question that a couple people are thinking well, what if this army of AI Chuckies go rogue? Aren't we in trouble? Got a quick response for that. The answer is absolutely not. Why? Because Vinny's Italian-American and he took precautionary steps to ensure that nothing would go down. He gave all the robots kneecaps just in case he needed to smash them into oblivion, rendering them immobile and smashing their CPUs. That's a stylistic choice by Vinny that I think we can all appreciate. Store the CPU, not in the head portion of the robot, but in the kneecaps. Very smart. But chances are, it would never come to that. Why? Because Vinny designed two other Chuck E. Cheeses. One who's a great chef. Another who's a sommelier. And whenever a new Chucky was created, Elon and Vinny would sit him down, treat him to a nice meal with a well-paired wine and let them know that respect is a dish best served family style. 
just a lot of imagery to appreciate in this episode. And a lot of you are maybe thinking to yourselves, where's this been? And I'm telling you, this future is possible, provided we gain the attention of Elon Musk and direct it in the right places. That's the Darby cast. And we've got options when it comes to getting his attention. Kyle, you mentioned to me the other day that you'd be willing to rob a bank, wait for news vans to show up, and then yell at the camera, Elon Musk, listen to Darby cast. And as cool as that sounds, Kyle, A, I don't think you can execute. B, you might go to jail. And sure, Jason Cheese would eventually break you out. But still, nobody wants to do time, Kyle. What are other options? Expand the scope and listenership of the Darby cast to a level that makes it impossible for Elon to ignore. How do you do that? Most likely, buying DarbyCast merch with the QR code on it. It's fashion-forward and cool-looking. Somebody sees you walking down the street wearing a cool tank top or sweatshirt or wearing a DarbyCast backpack. They say, whoa, what's that? You say, scan the QR code. Why don't you? And then they do. And then all of a sudden... Elon's hands are tied. He has to invest in Pedro High. That's how these things work. Elon has an opportunity here. And the clock's ticking. Thanksgiving might be screwed. But then we've got to set our sights on Christmas. It wouldn't be the first time Italian-Americans stepped up and saved the holiday season. That's happened more times than most people will ever know. Happens just about every year. If we're being honest, Italian-Americans, we've got nothing but good things to say about them. But let's step up. Maybe you buy your Christmas gifts early in the event that Elon doesn't move on this quick enough. Maybe you start gifting people DarbyCast merch constantly and you see what happens. Now that you know the correct path to getting us not just back on track, but elevating us to a track that we didn't even know was there. Well, some of us, I knew about it. It's how I'm able to tell you about it. An era of prosperity, the likes of which the world has never experienced. Via Elon Musk, Italian-Americans, and Pedro. And AI Chuck E. Cheese in various forms. That's Darby Cast for you, Economics Wednesday. <laughs>